0: Today I'm talking with Scott Perry. He's author of the Stoic Creative podcast and the Stoic Creative book. Scott uses Stoic philosophy to help others become more creative. Scott, thanks for being on the show.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Aaron. It's a, it's an honor.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to talk with you, Scott. I've been listening to your podcast quite a bit lately and drawing some inspiration from it. But tell me a little bit about what you do at Stoic Creative and how you got interested in Stoicism in the first place.
1: Um, Okay, well, I'll start with the Stoic Creative, which uh, is the result of it it started off as a website and as a place for me to just start putting together some ideas that I had around the ideas of um, how Stoic philosophy has helped me as a creative person specifically as a guitar player and as a musician and it was uh just a place where i was writing uh writing blog posts and i was creating little mini courses on how uh how to apply stoicism to uh, creative life and That all came about as a result of an experience I had in Seth Godin's all MBA program, where I went into that program with an idea of what I wanted to be doing. And I came and by the end of that program, I decided I didn't want to do what I thought I wanted to do. And I had this inkling of an idea. And so the store creative was just a place to start to cobble together some ideas and hope and share them freely in the hopes that I would uh, attract people like me that wanted to discuss, um, you know, these kind of ideas of the the idea of intentional creation, of purposeful creation, of of trying to achieve your potential as a creative uh, and as an artist. So about a year later, I was invited to participate in another Seth Godin program called the Marketing Seminar, which was actually about how to, with integrity and with empathy, and with authenticity, present your services or your goods in the digital domain in a way that gets you noticed, that uh, attracts the people that you you know that your work is meant to serve. And I decided about halfway through that month-long program that I was, or it's a, at that time it was a hundred-day program. I decided I was going to just try it out in real time. And I started to apply the things that I was learning to my website. That At that time, my website was actually called The Stoic Guitarist. Through the lessons in the seminar, I changed it to The Stoic Creative and kind of went uh, broader with the application of stoicism to create creativity in general instead of just uh, guitar playing or music. Um, and then I decided about three quarters of the way through the program that I was going to take everything I'd written over the last year and turned it into the Store Creative Handbook. And I was going to launch it on my birthday, which was August 13th of 2017, uh, and uh, was approaching the conclusion of the marketing seminar. And so um, it was amazing because I had access to a bunch of... The marketing seminar is something where you share the work that you're doing and other people look at it and provide feedback and you provide feedback on their work. So I had really smart people, some of whom were professional graphic designers, professional marketers, professional copywriters. Uh, I had dozens of people take a look at the handbook, take a look at the website, help me make both much better than I ever could have on my own. Uh, That was probably the most powerful lesson for me was as somebody that often does their work completely on their own to see how powerful it is to work with a team of of people and how much better your work can become by working with, uh, working with the team. And I launched successfully, you know, the book uh, um, is selling a couple of copies still every day. And it's, you know, about two months, uh, or or it's going into its second month. Um, so that's, that's, that's how the, uh, that, that project, the site and the handbook uh, came came to came to be
0: wow, so there's a lot to unpack there, so f- to recap, you started out as a musician uh, and stoics uh, Stoics talk about something uh, akin to living a life of flourishing, and I can see how music can be part of that flourishing life, but you also mentioned that you were interested in stoicism, so you combine these two passions. And you wanted to put it out there to the world as a way to provide value to the world so that other people could use Stoicism as a way to flourish in their lives. And you were able to get help through Seth Godin and some other marketing services to really put it out there in the best package possible. So tell me a little bit about when you first discovered Stoicism, when you were doing music, and how that brought... Uh, An additional level of passion or creativity or intention to the to the music and and how how that interplayed with stoicism in the first place. Sure. Um, So I was introduced to stoicism by my
1: Latin teacher in seventh grade. That was like in 1976. And at the time, I don't think I remember it so much as studying stoicism. We were translating uh, some of the 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 material some some of Marcus Aurelius's entries in meditations and I just I fell in love with the writing just and the you know the fact that Marcus is writing to himself it's never meant for publication but I just as a even as a, as a very young person it I, he was talking to himself in the same way that I talk to myself and a lot of it was about keeping a uh, context about who you really are and and what your importance or lack thereof is in in the you know in the universe um, how to get along with d- difficult people how to continue to feel a sense of you know thriving and flourishing even when situations appear to be dire or um your prospects are are grim. Uh, it just it's something that really resonated with me. And when I graduated from high school in 1982, my Latin teacher who had taught me three of the four years that um, I took Latin in, in high school, he presented me with his copy of Marcus Aurelius's Meditations. And I read that annually all the way through college, well into my young adulthood. And then and then I guess I, I kind of became the lap stoic, I guess. I mean, I never was like a declared stoic at that time. I just loved that book and I loved the lessons that I was driving from it. When I was approaching my 50th birthday uh, a few years back, I just, I, I just, I, I was thinking a lot about legacy and just, you know, as a musician, I've, had a very good run I mean i'm obviously not you know wealthy and famous but i I've made a living doing something that I love to do, and that is a rare and wondrous thing and something that i'm very very grateful for. but I felt like when i'm gone i my recorded work is really not going to stand the test of time in the same way that you know Bob Dylan or the Beatles or Bach or Beethoven or i mean i'm just I'm not at that level and I'm, I, I'm not, um, just not ever going to make an impact through my recorded legacy. I had been teaching guitar for uh, about 10 years at that point in my life. And I felt like that was my legacy that I had. Uh, I'm a very, I, I would say I'm a better guitar teacher than I am a guitar player even. And so I, I, over the years in this little town where I live, I have launched literally hundreds of guitar playing journeys. I've made people's lives happier and healthier by providing them with the gift of music. And and by association, they are making other people happier and healthier by sharing their gift of music. So it as all that, I was thinking about all of that, my early love for stoicism kind of came back to me and I went back to meditations. Um, somebody in the alt MBA had told me about the obstacle is the way by Ryan Holiday and that kind of is written almost oh it's written actually with uh within a template based on the Gregory Hayes introduction to to meditations so he it's divided into three sections the same way that Hayes talks about the 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 three stoic disciplines and it just got that that all just got my wheels kind of spinning and i i realized how so yes stoicism is a way of connecting it's a it's a beautiful philosophy because it it's it, it's a philosophy that rose during very difficult times the the hellenistic period you know was a time in human history where you, you were likely to be enslaved or or um exiled or killed in a war poisoned uh any event i mean it was just a very dangerous place to live and it was there were very uncertain times not unlike the times we might feel like we're experiencing now and it's a philosophy that's built around the idea that despite all external events despite your situation or any any external thing that you can you are capable of Achieving a sense of thriving and flourishing as a human being in your life and in your relationships, and it gives—it's basically provides principles and practices for how you can achieve that. And as a creative person, if you are invested in a full-time career as a musician or an artist, artist of any kind, that you have you have chosen to do some tough sledding. It is very, very hard to make a living as. A creative person whether you're a writer or a musician or an artist of any type and stoicism probably saved my career at one point because i saw myself becoming one of those bitter jaded guys that was feeling like i was never going to get my break and all these people that weren't as good as me were getting all the good gigs and i was you know i just i, I looked in the mirror one day and kind of said you're you're becoming just like all the people that you used to really hate to hang around <laughs> and uh and and reacquainting myself with stoic philosophy and the principles and practices that it teaches made me realize first to start with gratitude. I have, I am engaged in music making. This is a gift. This is something that not everybody gets to do. And it's, it it may not, you know, it's not, um, a shiny thing. It's not a, you know, it's not a mansion or, or Maserati or, but it's, it's, it's a, it's a simple gift that I have been, that has availed itself to me. And, you know, I, I'm just grateful for the fact that I can make music. I'm grateful for the opportunities I get to make music for other people. I'm grateful for the people that I make music with. And it also made me start to really become intentional about thinking about who, um, the made me very intentional about those two things, um, who I was making music with um, and, where I was making music. And I started to very intentionally, like let people go that were maybe really good players, much better players than I am, but just weren't
0: really good people. And uh, So Scott, we were having a little bit of technical difficulty, um, but before we uh, got disconnected, which actually gave us a, a little bit of an opportunity to practice stoicism, the idea that most things in life are really out of our control, and the only thing that we can control is how we respond to it. But I had asked you, what did Stoicism actually bring to your music, and how did it help you become more creative, if at all? And uh, I believe that's where we left off. So could you give us a little bit more insight into uh, Stoicism and what it brought to your music?
1: Sure. So Stoicism kind of came of age during the Hellenistic period, which was a time when there was as a human being y- your life was large was largely out of your control and y- it was quite possible that in your life that you had the possibility of becoming enslaved, exiled, uh, you were probably going to have a very short life and uh, you may uh, you were likely to be poor undernourished, uh, lack of medicine. I mean, there is likely to be conscripted into military service and perhaps killed in battle. So it's a philosophy that is built around the idea that human beings can thrive in hard times in any circumstances if they employ their capacity for reason and their uh, kind of instinctual and innate Need to be a social creature and to get along and work with others and it provides principles and practices for for helping people do that now when I say it like that, it probably sounds like it's a perfect philosophy for this day and age where we also find that there's a great deal of uh strife, and the world does seem to, to often be spinning out of control and um but from just a creative point of view, if you choose to be a musician or a writer or an artist, and that's your full-time occupation, you have chosen a life that's going to involve a lot of tough sledding. It's very difficult to make, make a living as a as a creative person, and it's almost impossible to do that with any degree of integrity um, because there's so much pressure to you know do to to create things that are merely popular as opposed to making work that's really great which is what most artists want to do. So for me applying stoic philosophy to my life as a musician came during a period of time when I was I was approaching my 50s and I was reacquainting myself with my early love for stoicism at a time when as a musician, I was starting to become the very type of person I promised I never would be. Um, I never wanted to be one of those old guys that was always griping about not getting, you know, enough respect as as an artist or not getting the, the, the good gigs or that, you know, other players that weren't as good were, were getting all the attention and, and the good gigs. And I just, by getting back to my stoic philosophy, Uh, I began to practice things like gratitude, like it's a gift to be able to make music. It's a, a a huge gift to be able to make a living doing something that you love. I mean, you don't work music, you play music. If you're a musician, you play for a living, you don't work for a living. Um, just simple things like that really helped me, um, connect more of that of that joy and probably the greatest gift that it gave to me was becoming really intentional about the choices I was making as a musician not just in you know the the music I was writing or the music I was choosing to play um which I've always been kind of, I've had a great deal of integrity about. You know, I'm, I I I I only play music that I really like to play. I'm not a human jukebox. I don't, um, you know, I don't do a ton of uh, weddings where I have to play the chicken song and and Mustang Sally all night long. I don't, um, I don't play much contemporary music at all. Uh, I play, you know, almost exclusively what I would call vintage blues, jazz, and rock. Uh, and, and country music and, um, but I was finding, I definitely found that I was making concessions about the type of people I was hanging out with as a musician, you know, musicians that were a little bit bitter or jaded and, uh, just, you know, didn't have the degree of appreciation for what is the gift of a musical life. And I was playing in venues that, my music was not always well suited for or where my music was not always well received and so i just became much more intentional about who i was playing with and where i was playing and i you know i let go of band members that um i just felt you know even though they were fantastic musicians they weren't really good people um and uh they they didn't have the right mindset to put on the kind of show and play the kind of music that i wanted to play and my career actually dramatically improved. I got, I was getting paid more. I was getting paid better gigs. I was attracting musicians that were equally good players and good human beings. So all of that just really helped me as a musician, get back to that sense of joy in music making and the musical life and that sense of flourishing in a career that is still you know, fraught with all sorts of um, difficulties.
0: Right. And you mentioned there are a few practices. Uh, t- one of them was taking a sort of a 20,000 foot view of what's going on in your life and asking yourself uh, intentionally what's really important and is this an appropriate uh, way to respond to difficult things in my life? I think another one you mentioned was negative visualizations and that's the idea that you imagine that uh, something that you take for granted in your life that actually is a very good thing is suddenly gone and it helps you realize, uh, I think, to be more grateful for a lot of the things that we have. How difficult do you, the idea of Stoicism is to be able to practice this philosophy that helps you to live a more intentional, uh, more purposeful, more flourishing life on a daily basis. How difficult do you find it to practice Stoicism? It's like any
1: habit. It's something that you, you have to, if you want to start to behave and think differently, you can't do that by doing the same things that you've been doing. So you have to start new habits. And the only way, uh, my, my handbook actually gives some, uh, tips on, um, on how to start, start new habits and have them stick because it's so vital. Um, in fact, if, if, um, your listeners want to go to the stoic creative.com, the free chapters have, uh, some of the exercises, stoic exercises that I just mentioned, and some of these ideas about building new habits. I found that what helped me with a gratitude practice is I, 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 I take literally less than five minutes at the beginning of the day to journal. And my journaling is it's, calling it journaling is even being a little bit too generous. I, I write down morning gratitudes and I bullet point three things that I'm grateful for. And it's always, it's never, you know, my home, it's never, um, the sweet gig that I just landed. It's always very, very basic things. I'm so I started with, um, you know, running water, indoor plumbing, uh, you know, a roof over my head. Um, I do it outside in the warm months. So, I write down sunsets or fog or, you know, just the things, solitude, quiet, um, three things every day, three different things every day that I'm grateful for. Uh, And then I write a to-do list and I look at the things that I want to accomplish that day. And then I select the one that if i get it done will move me forward in my goals um the most and i asterisk that and i make that the thing the the one thing that i will make sure i accomplish that day that exercise takes me about three minutes and by building starting with gratitude it it immediately puts me into a more empathetic a more grateful uh and a more connected mindset in the same way that somebody that maybe practices, Buddha med- meditation, you know, would, would experience, um, you know, at the end of a 20 minute uh, meditation, I've, I've never successfully, I've never felt like I could, I, I never got the benefit from meditation practice that I thought I should, <laughs> but I get it from that three minute exercise, um, you know, every day. And it's just really, I call it micro habits. You have to find a uh, something that you can accomplish literally in one minute that will get you on the path. So a gratitude practice where you write three things will get you on the path daily of practicing gratitude. Um, uh, negative visualization, you know, just as another example, uh, the Stokes would take that all the way to the extreme of of contemplating your death. You know, you can't start. your journey in stoicism, contemplating your death. I mean, most, most Americans for sure, you know, are just, are just, you know, the, the, we're so convinced that we can figure out how we can live forever, you know? And so, but just to, just to take a moment to reflect on one simple everyday um, thing that, you know, causes you anxiety or frustration. And to put it and to take a minute to put it into context, you know, is that phone call that you're dreading to make worth thinking about and being anxious about all day long when just taking the minute to make the phone call and and do it will free your mind for the rest of the day? I mean, just those simple, simple types of things, I think, um, are the place to start uh, I compare it to to exercise when I I lost a significant amount of weight about eight years ago. And I was always one of those people, I I have always struggled with my weight. And I would always like at some point every year say, I'm going to run three miles a day. And I'd run three miles for um, a week and then I'd miss a day and then I'd maybe do it the next day. And then I miss two days and, you know, pretty soon I just stopped because I couldn't, I couldn't work, build three, three miles a day into my schedule. I didn't have an hour to, you know, get dressed, stretch, go for my run and then cool down and, and, um, get, get showered up. But when I started, uh, when I successfully got going with my exercise, it was, I'm going to walk to the end of the road and back. And it was like, a quarter mile. So it was something I could do every day. And when I got to the end of the road, it was like, ah, oh, you know, why not go to the end of the, bl- you know, go once around the block, uh, twice around the block. You know, what, what happens if I take a street that I've never taken before, um, you know, and just kind of tricked myself into doing something that up to that point had seemed possible for me to, to do on a consistent basis.
0: Right. Right. I think that's great advice. Well, Scott, we're reaching the end of our conversation here, and I'd like to ask you, what is one piece of advice that you could give from your book or your podcast or something you've learned that could help people get kickstarted on this journey to stoicism, to live in a more uh, intentional, purposeful, uh, flourishing life? Do you have one thing that people could take away as we end this conversation?
1: Um, well, I think that, you know, I'm tempted to go just stick with gratitude, but since we've talked a lot about that, I, if, if people want to go to my podcast and listen to the interview with Seth, he, he makes a point of saying his mindset changed when he decided this is not something I have to do. This is something I get to do. Um, and just being grateful for the opportunity to practice any, any vocation, any skill, any craft that you have, I think is, is, um is a worthwhile endeavor. I would just if I were to give one piece of stoic advice, I would say that the Epictetus begins his handbook with um by by putting into con- it's it's basically the fundamental principle that stoicism is built on. Uh I'll, I'm going to pull up my uh, I have a, a little graphic of the quote. I'm going to pull that up so I actually get it exactly uh exactly right. Well, I'll give you two. Um, I love, I love this from Epictetus: "Learning that does not lead to action is useless." Uh, so it's does you no good to to listen to this podcast and listen to all the great information that your guests provide and then do nothing with it. You, you must put it into practice. Another. A great quote from a stoic is Seneca, who said, what ought to be done must be learned by one who does it. And so finding yourself a good teacher, guide, mentor, um, or just a hero to look up to um, is important. But Epictetus's great advice is happiness and freedom begin with a clear understanding of one principle. Some things are within our control and some things are not. And I would encourage your your listeners to just meditate on that for a minute. Um, and if they'd like to learn more about what things are, are and are not within their control, they can go to uh, Epictetus' handbook, or they can uh, download the free chapters of my handbook and 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 uh, get the punchline.
0: And Scott, can you mention uh, your website one more time and where they can download those free chapters?
1: Yes. Uh, the website is the stoic Those three chapters are right at the top and whatever the most recent ep- uh, broadcast that I've done is also on that site. So there's some wisdom, There's a, a ton of wisdom right there um, on that landing page. So it's just the dot
0: Well, Scott, it's been great talking with you today and I really appreciate you taking out the time out of your day to come on the call and share this conversation with the listeners. So thank you so much. It's
1: been a, been a great pleasure. Thank you very much for having me.